Have you ever considered going sea kayaking? You should, and this show, which covers much of the world, will get you excited, regardless of your age and sea kayaking experience. Enjoy. listening all around the world and you can listen to all our shows at traveladviceshow.com and I'm Chris Newton one of the co-hosts and I'd like to introduce my other co-host Jerry Fuller. Uh, how you doing Jerry? Yeah. Fantastic and I'm really excited that today we have Peter Grubb who is president of Sea Kayak Adventures and it's a company that actually on one of the trips they have I want to take this summer. Welcome, Peter. Thank you, Chris and Jerry. Yeah, welcome. Good to be yeah. here. We're excited about talking about sea kayaking. Yeah, so, yeah. Would you begin, first of all, to uh, let our listeners know, what is sea kayaking? How does it, what is it? Well, um, yeah, it's a good question because sometimes people said, oh, I went sea kayaking on a lake today. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, and so, um, I mean, technically, sea kayaking should be in the sea. Um, but, you know, people are probably familiar with a couple of different kinds of kayaks. Um, there's whitewater kayaks, and then there are sea kayaks. And sea kayaks are designed to be longer and narrower and to go in flat water. Um, and, but like a whitewater kayak, you also um, put your legs and sit inside them, and they have a spray skirt that seals uh, the cockpit so that you can have waves come crashing over you and water doesn't go into the boat. Um, and that's different than, say, a sit-on-top kayak, which is what you'll see at beach resorts, or a lot of people keep those at their lake cabins and whatnot, and those are much less performance-oriented. So as a sea kayaking company, what we do is we use the real McCoy, so to speak, the kind that you, you sit inside with a cockpit cover, and uh, most of the trips that we do are, in fact, on, um, on the sea, on the oceans or, or, or bodies of salt water, as opposed to uh, on lakes. Um, one thing that I'd like to know, um, you're most famous for Baja California. And can you tell us about, um, I know you have lots of itineraries down there. Can you go to a, if there's such a thing, a typical itinerary? And sure. What, what the collect, our listeners can expect? Sure. Yeah, it's true. We have a few different itineraries um, and in a couple different locations, uh, and they last anywhere from as short as three days, two nights, to as long as 10 or 11 days and um, eight, or, eight or nine nights. So we have quite a variety from that standpoint. Um, but regardless of the length, um, you know, all of our trips sort of follow the same format, which is 
uh, we meet in one of the little towns in or one of the towns in Baja the night before the trip, whether that's Loreto uh, or La Paz, uh, both of which are on the uh, Sea of Cortez side of the peninsula. And we have an orientation meeting and answer everybody's last-minute questions and give people their waterproof bags to pack. And then the next morning we meet and we drive to wherever we're starting. And it's usually not a very long drive, or in one case it's actually a, a motorboat ride um, out to an island. Um, and then we have a safety talk, and everybody gets into kayaks, and we start paddling. Uh, that's usually mid to late morning on the first day. We'll paddle for maybe an hour and then stop for lunch. And um, lunch is often a, at a place where we combine a hike that could be up a dry arroyo um, or along the beach to see the flora and fauna of the, of the area. All of our guides are really well uh, trained in natural history and, and able to explain uh, that. And, and by the way, in Baja, um, our guides are all Mexican, uh, bilingual, um, but local people who often uh, studied uh, marine biology at the university in La Paz. Oh, great. Um, so that adds, that adds a real you know, authentic touch. Um, we then paddle in the afternoon another couple of hours and uh, get to camp maybe around 4.30ish, 5 o'clock, um, get uh, camp. We usually have a boat that goes ahead and sets camp up. We have a, our trips are what are called Ponga-supported. Ponga is a small motorboat, and so a team of two guides goes ahead and gets camp ready. So when people kayak up to the beach, the tents are up and... And then uh, there's a little bit of free time bef before it gets, you know, dark, and then we start with um, hors d'oeuvres, and um, and pretty soon it's time for dinner. And and after dinner, sometimes people stay up and look at the stars, and sometimes they're tired and just go to bed. Um, and then the other days are just really similar. Um, you know, our, all of our routes are, are either in a circle where we start in one place and go in a circle and come back to the same place, um, uh, or in, in some cases, they may be a one-way trip, so to speak, where we start at point A and end at point B. Um, but each day during the course of the trip is really just the same sort of idea that I described. It's a mix of kayaking probably three to four hours a day total. Our trips are not hardcore for the most part. We have a couple of itineraries that are, but um, a lot of people that go with us have not had a lot of sea kayaking experience. Um that's not something that we require. They they have some experience. And then we do have some trips for the person that's a more advanced paddler and, and wants longer distances and a bigger challenge. But it's just a nice mix of hiking, exploring, sea kayaking, beach camping, stargazing at night. Um, oftentimes, especially January, February, and March, we have some excellent whale uh, sightings. Um, in the Sea of Cortez, we see blue whales, we see humpbacks, we sometimes see fin whales. Uh, we've had whales come very close to our kayaks, like 15, wow. 20 feet, mm. oh, which yeah. is pretty exciting. <laughs> pretty, yeah, that'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah, and then a lot of our kayak trips in Baja during that same season, uh, January through April, we also combine with, uh, we, we, we operate a couple of whale camps on the Pacific Coast side. So people will kayak with us for three to five days, and then they'll go to our whale camp for two to three days where we don't do kayaking, but we watch whales, gray whales, the Pacific gray whales that come down there uh, in the winter to breed. Now, is there a, a minimum age or a maximum age, Peter, you know, like on your trips, or is there is it pretty much uh, 
you know, there's nothing really in stone or anything, you know, on that? Well, minimum age, yes, yeah. because um, you ha I would say uh, eight is eight. about our minimum, and that has to do with um, a kid that's any smaller than that really can't right. paddle very much. We could take a little. We do have some special kayaks, actually, that have a third oh. cockpit, so we can put oh, mom, really? dad, and a oh, little kid in the middle, and the little kid wouldn't oh. have to paddle. But I would still say like six, yeah. just from sort of a maturity standpoint. Right. Um, and we do do trips that are specifically focused for families, oh, okay. um, primarily during Christmas break oh, nice. and spring break. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as, yeah so that's that's nice. And then as far as the maximum yeah. age, not really. I mean, we would obviously ask somebody how physically fit they are, but if they are up for the yeah. challenge, um, I know we've had people in their 80s That's on awesome. these trips. That's great. So, hmm. That's cool. Yeah. So I, there's room for me. Oh, yeah, Jerry, you're, you're coming up. <laughs> well, there you go. you got all kinds of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I own a sea kayak, a 17-foot long one, and I have two dagger whitewater oh, yeah. kayaks. And I love oh, nice. kayaking. Yeah. yeah. Uh, can you also, um, well, the, um, I know you're famous for Baja, but I know, as I mentioned earlier, you have a trip to Albania, which we do. I've <laughs> got to fit that in, and I hope there's space by the time I can get that scheduled, hopefully within a couple of weeks. But I know you go to Cuba. Can you tell us about, because I don't think anyone else in the world offers that. And uh, the itinerary looks fantastic. Yeah. The, uh, well, which one do you want me to talk about first, Albania or Cuba? <laughs> um, well, let's do uh, whichever you want to do first. Okay. Well, we'll talk about Cuba. Cuba's, you know, sort of the hot spot up. right yeah. now in the world. Uh, um, for Americans, of course, the laws have really changed yeah. in the last year, uh, allowing um, a lot more um, ability for, for U.S. citizens to go. And there's still a lot of rules. And technically, U.S. citizens cannot go to Cuba for tourism, um, but people are allowed to go for what are called educational travel purposes. And so what we've put together is, is what is called a people-to-people -people, uh, tour, which is a people-to-people -people is a subcategory of the educational um, category that is allowed by the U.S. government. And so we've put together a people-to-people -to -people tour that includes sea kayaking. And um, what, the, what that means is that we have a full schedule of meaningful interaction with Cuban people so that we as Americans can learn about their culture, their history, um, and uh, how things are done there and, and whatnot. And we do that within this context of this active trip. We kayak um, anywhere from two to four hours most every day, not every day. Uh, when we kayak, we're with Cuban guides. Um, we also have our own um, trip leader along, um, which is actually also a requirement of U.S. law. Um, and so we have our own um, trip leader and then Cuban kayak guides, as well as a, another local Cuban guide who's not necessarily a kayaking guide. Um, and we meet with, for example, the director of one of the national parks there, for a presentation one evening um, when we're out kayaking we're with uh, one of the national park uh, employees who also guides when we're in the park and um, so it's this beautiful mix of a Caribbean kayak experience with the culture of Cuba so we visit Havana 
Uh, we visit um, a little town called Playa Larga, which is on the Bay of Pigs, um, site of our U.S. invasion in 1961. It didn't work out very well for the U.S. Um, and uh, But it's an exciting and beautiful place to paddle, and it's exciting to be on the water and tell the story um, because it's a big part of, of the history of the island. Um, we go to a city called Cienfuegos. We paddle around in a nature reserve. We On land, we visit um, um, a botanical garden um, that was started by Harvard University about 80 years ago, oh. actually. Uh, we go to the city of Trinidad, which is a UNESCO World Heritage Site, um, and um, the oldest uh, city in Cuba, founded in about 500 years ago. And so the the trip is just this wonderful mix of of activity and like say culture and 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 uh, giving a good glimpse of part of the island. Now, do people on that one need more kayaking skill? No, uh, uh-uh. it's um, it's really a pretty mellow trip. Um, like most of our kayaking is about a couple of hours. We have one day where we paddle for maybe four hours. And we stop for a picnic lunch in between. That's when we're in the national park called Zapata. And then we have another day where we paddle for probably three, three and a half hours. Um, and other than that, the other um, uh, we, four days, because we do six days of kayaking altogether, the other four days are shorter, one-hour to two-hour type of paddles. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. And um, let's go to Albania. I am really interested in what you say there. Well, um, the trip we do in Albania is a, is a combination trip um, because um, so far, at least, we've only discovered about three days' worth of kayaking along the coast, um, which is on the north part of the coast, um, sort of closer to the border with Montenegro, as opposed to the south part where we'd be closer to the Greek border. Um, so it's a trip where we do about three days of what I would call walking and cultural exploration with three days of sea kayaking. And um, Albania is also a place, you know, that's re- that, relatively speaking, didn't open up till tourism until the 1990s, and um, Americans really didn't start going there until maybe the last decade or so. Um, and it's still pretty well off the beaten path, I would say, for most people. Um, but beautiful country, a lot of rich history, architecturally. Um, it has, of course, a lot of ugly Soviet-era um, kind of concrete block buildings, but it also has some beautiful historic centers in some of the towns that date back several hundred to even a thousand years of, of um, the period of the Ottoman Turks that were there for uh, about a thousand years. Um, and so you have mosques and, and, and beautiful um, architecture from that era. And we explore those towns. We also go on that itinerary down to the south to um, a Roman city called Butrint. It's also another UNESCO site. Um, the sea kayaking that we do there is we go to a little beach place and stay the night in a small guest house, and then we paddle one day. Um, we paddle up to the north and then we turn around and come back to the same beach house, and then uh, the next day we paddle to the south, and we go partway, and then we stop and um, um, spend the night in a different place. And so, like I say, it's three days of contiguous uh, sea sea kayaking, 
Um, again, nothing that requires tons of experience. But on all of our trips, we highly recommend that people have been sea kayaking before. It's not a good idea to go to a place like Albania or Cuba or really any of our trips, the Galapagos, Baja, doesn't matter where, and and arrive and say, oh, I've never even been in a sea kayak. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I know it's right. just getting in it your first time if you've never done it. That can be an experience. Yeah, yeah there's that, and we want to make sure that people um, are comfortable in them, um, both physically comfortable as well as just mentally comfortable with the idea. And sea kayaking does use a different set of muscles than um, than most people are yeah, used to using. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah, it's definitely not uh, rowing, is it? Or, yeah, know, exactly. I know no, one of my very, very good friends is a fantastic canoer. And I took him out, uh, taught him to whitewater kayak, and uh, even learning. He was so stiff for the next couple of days, and he's in fabulous shape for rowing and canoeing. And uh, yeah. he said, oh, my word, is totally different, isn't it? And I said, yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. so we'd rather people learn that lesson before they get to yeah. their trip. <laughs> yes, because you can hurt for days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Peter, is there anything else that you would like to tell our listeners about your company and the experiences and what they might need to bring or anything on that nature? Well, well I would say one of the things that sometimes people don't realize um a lot of our trips, not all of them, um, but a lot of our trips really have a big focus on whale watching. And um, both, of course, in Baja, California, that's true. And then um, in the summertime, we go up to Vancouver Island, um, the north end of Vancouver Island, to a place called Johnstone Straits. And that is the site of the biggest population of what are called resident orcas or killer whales uh, in the entire world. So there's um, about 260 or 70 of these um, resident uh, orcas. And uh, a resident orca is different than what's called a transient orca in that a resident orca only eats fish. Um, it is not an orca that goes around, for example, and kills seals or sea lions or otters or anything like that. Um, so these are orcas that are swimming around up there eating um, a lot of salmon, uh, because those are salmon waters, and um, they often are very curious about us. We're paddling along in a group of six to eight kayaks, and I would say 90% of our trips have an encounter where orcas come within 100 feet of the boats. Wow. Uh, and it's pretty thrilling when a big black and white fin is coming at yeah. you, and, uh, <laughs> and then all of a sudden it submarines, you know, 20 or 30 feet away and goes under, and the water's clear enough that you can see them swimming under you <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of the time. And, and so that's a beautiful area. There's a lot of um, aboriginal culture yes. up there um, of various tribes uh, that's quite fascinating. Of course, thick cedar forests, uh, completely different world than Baja, California. Um, um, we also do a trip in Argentina in the fall that is um, sea kayaking with the southern right whales. Um, and so, uh, and, and then we also have a trip in Quebec in Canada in the summer on the other wow. uh, side of the country, uh, where the highlight there is the chance of seeing belugas. Um, and again, we have a very high success rate. It's in the um, uh, Fjord Saganay, it's called. It's the uh, biggest fjord in North America, 
and we we paddle in there for uh, about five or six days, and we have a camping base trip, and we also have a uh, bed and breakfast base trip where you're sleeping in beds every night. Um, but again, the highlight is is, is uh, seeing uh, belugas as well as, of course, beautiful scenery. Wow! So you cover so, a lot of the world. Yeah. We do, and yeah, um, we have trips uh, in Corsica. We have a brand new sea kayaking trip that we rolled out this last year, and I led our very first uh, trip in September, and we've got another one coming up in this September. So uh, in Europe, uh, Croatia, Albania, um, and and France are a couple, are, you know, are our sites. So. I'd, I'd say, you know, Jerry, if, if you were to start uh, going with us every year, we, we've got a trip a year for as long as you're going to live. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I'll most people. <laughs> I, I really, really uh, getting excited because uh, I love kayaking, both I love both sea and white water. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, sea kayaking is good. You know, it's, it is a it is a sport people can do for a long time because it's low impact. You know, it's. Um, right. You just you just have to have a little bit of upper body strength and some agility and flexibility and and it's something you can really most anybody can do with the right attitude. Right. Well, Peter, would you please tell everyone how they can contact you and your company? Yeah. Sure. The easiest way is uh, in today's world is on the web, seakayakadventures.com. Uh, um, so that's easy to remember and. Uh, uh, people could telephone us as well, um, but really, Sea Kayak Adventures is probably the best place to start. Um, Thank you for listening to yeah. our show from all around the world. We really appreciate yeah. that. Uh, I'm just we trying like to find to, our uh, phone number. A shout yeah, out. if anybody uh, did you. want to call us, it's 208 for helping compose the music, the wonderful intro, and the ending um, of the show. And, and I'd also like to uh, say thank you, you to Jane Steed uh, for helping with the website and audio information. And also yeah, Nate yeah, Scholes well, we um, about yeah, uh, getting us on the right track and helping us my on pleasure. the podcast on Travel Advice Show. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, so Thanks thank so much so for much. thinking of me and, again. Uh, enjoy all oh, your travels yeah. around the world. Okay.